Stu Sackpaw, the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. I'm Christina Cuthbertson, and I'll be your moderator for today. Um, just a few housekeeping notes before we get started. I would like to take this opportunity to say, please turn off your cell phones. And I'll also note that today's session is being recorded, both the question and uh, both the presentation and the question and answer period. Um, SACPAW presentations are available on the website, www.sacpaw.ca, and uh, Shaw Spotlight also broadcasts the presentations daily. Um, lunch today is $14, which you can place in the, in the bowl in the center of your table. And if you're just here for coffee, $2 will do. And if you can nominate someone at your table to count the money prior to SACPAW coming around, that's uh, greatly appreciated. Um, today's presentation will follow the uh, usual format. We'll have 25 to 30 minutes each for our presentation, lunch in the middle, and our question period at the end, bringing us to 1.30. And so now it's my pleasure to introduce today's topic and, and presenter to you. So we're looking at the first 100 days of as city manager, the expectations, observations, and surprises what are the key issues going forward? And today we're very lucky to have Bramwell Strain, uh, the new Lethbridge city manager. In various roles prior to becoming city manager in Lethbridge in August 2018, Mr. Strain had direct responsibility for more than 2,000 employees in unionized environments and has overseen public uh, programming and capital budgets of up to $1.8 billion. Since 2016, he served as Deputy Minister in the Government of Manitoba in the Ministries of Infrastructure, as well as Education, Training, and Immigration. Previous to 2016, Mr. Strain had a background with the federal government, serving as Assistant Deputy Minister of Western Economic Diversification, Regional, oh, sorry, Regional Director General for Citizenship and Immigration, um, and Director General for Service Canada and Associate Regional D Director General for Veteran Affairs. Uh, quite a mouthful there, but please join me in welcoming uh, Mr. String. Thank you, everyone. And first thing I'm gonna do is apologize. I'm a bit of a wanderer, so I've been told to stay right here, right in front of the microphone. So if I start to wander, if anyone just give me hand signals, I'll, I'll come back, I promise. Uh, so first of all, uh, what a fantastic place to be here at the Legion and, and with the great pictures and the memories of what folks did for us. So I think that's, uh, that's a very important uh, thing to remember here, especially just moving past Remembrance Day. So you notice the title of the, the first slide is the first 100 days and then the remaining 1,826. So I signed a five-year contract, so that's why I do that. Okay. So the first 100 days, while being important, are just literally the tip of the iceberg in the beginning. So a few things I want to talk about. Uh, just the outline. So I'm going to talk about my first impressions. I'm going to talk a little bit about budget and taxes, the dollars and the cents. It's not spelled wrong. That's on purpose. Uh, citizen expectations, service levels, open and transparent government. You see I put that twice, and there's a reason for that. That's my belief. That's who I am. So Councillor uh, Kaufman is here today. He can tell you that that is a mantra that I use constantly, is open and transparent government. People need to know what we're doing. They need to be able to question it. They need to be able to see it. They need to be able to understand it. You notice I didn't say agree with it. <laughs> okay. 
So my first impressions. Uh, so for those who don't know, I actually lived in Lethbridge 20 years ago. So for a couple of years I lived here, my youngest daughter was actually born here in Lethbridge, so there's always been a connection. Used to work down in Coots, the border drove every day back and forth. So my first impressions are, wow, has it changed? So we were at 60,000 people back then, we're now at 100,000. The city has, has changed and all for the better. Lots of shiny, lots of new, uh, impressive, impressive infrastructure. We have tremendous roads, tremendous roads. Uh, bridges, parks, public infrastructure, ATB center, you can go on and on. Uh, whether or not you agree with it all, it, it is in fantastic shape. We look after what we have uh, and, and it shows. There's, there's pride of ownership here. So that said, I come from Winnipeg. So if anyone's been to Winnipeg or lived in Winnipeg or driven through Winnipeg, Winnipeg is literally a city that's collapsing in on itself. It doesn't know how to take care of itself. It didn't take care of its assets and it shows. Okay. So what we're doing here is the right thing. Uh, again, beautiful and functional park system. So the parks are connected. If you want active transportation, you want to bike, you want to hike, you want to walk. Beautiful, beautiful park system and functional. All those water retention ponds you see are for stormwater. So there's, there's beauty and functionality both simultaneous. Uh, obviously the substance issue. Now, that said, remembering I come from Winnipeg, I literally lived downtown. So my very first day here after the press conference to announce me, uh, I went to dinner just outside of Gold Gardens. And then after dinner, I walked around Gold Gardens. Next day, someone said to me, are you crazy? Were you not, you know, did nobody approach you? Did you not see horrible things? I didn't really. I saw people. I saw some people in need of help. I saw some people struggling. Okay. But... The substance issue is an issue that all of Canada and all of North America and quite frankly the world is facing right now. We're not used to it at all. It's jarring, absolutely. I am not going to skirt that one little bit. It is jarring. There is a certain danger that comes with it, absolutely. But there's a holistic community solution which I'm going to touch on a little bit to, to deal with it. But that, I did notice it and it's quite surprising. Downtown Winnipeg, you expect that kind of thing. Downtown Lethbridge, it's new. Uh, hunger for innovation. So this is, this is a great thing. Um, I'm finding within the organization, within industry here, within citizens, within the council, there's a tremend, tremendous hunger for innovation to do things different, to look at what we do, how we do it, and see if it can be done differently. The world has changed a lot, right? It's not all technology, right? Everyone thinks, well, we'll just develop an app for that and it'll fix it, or if we have this kind of system for intake, it'll get rid of people. I'm, I'm not talking about all those types of, of innovation. There's tons of innovation. There's innovation to building techniques. There's innovative thought processes. Um, for research, service delivery, uh, the substance abuse issue, the, there's a whole bunch of stuff where we have tremendous resources in the university, in the college, the agricultural research center. We can use all of these things collectively to come up with innovative new solutions. We don't have to do same old, same old, because people like same old, right? Not everybody likes change, but there is better sometimes with change. Not change for the sake of change, but change for betterment. Uh, passion. People are passionate, and I, I like that. Whether you're passionate on, on either side of an issue, you're passionate. So people have issues with the way we deal with some things around business licensing or uh, permitting or holes in the, the roads or et cetera. So people are very passionate about it, and I like that. It causes me a little bit of grief and a little bit of work, but I, I like that. I prefer that to apathy. 
Apathy is the worst. When people just kind of go flat, that, that's terrible. So we have people on both sides of that issue. And what everybody wants as a constant is they want a better Lethbridge. They want this to be the place for your families to grow up in, for more people to come to, for great success and prosperity for all. So that's what I like about the passion part. Uh, our fiscal position in the tax pie. So we are actually in a pretty good fiscal position. So again, I come from, let me tell you a little story. So I, I met with, uh, we have nine labor unions, for those who don't know. Uh, so I met with the heads of those nine labor unions this week. And one of them said to me, I said, well, what'd you guys think about the budget, the budget process? And one gentleman said to me, well, it was an austerity budget. So not sure what everybody thinks the word austerity means, but that is not the definition of austerity. So a year ago, I was in the uh, Department of Infrastructure in Manitoba, so roads, highway, emergency planning is basically what I did. We got a budget that said cut 17% of your staff and 30% of your operation budget. That's austerity, right? So if I took 17% of the people in the room and said get up and leave, you'd see what austerity looks like. And then if I said 30% of you aren't gonna eat of the remaining people here, you'd really see what austerity looked like. So to say that a 1.8%, and it's not passed yet, so I, I just put that caution out there, the 1.8% uh, increase in taxes is austerity, not even close, not even the tip of the iceberg, okay? So that, that's one thing. And our fiscal position is fairly good. Uh, we have what we have. We are paying for what we have. We have ways to pay for what we have. Uh, and we have a plan to, to take care of everything that we do have. That is tremendously rare. If you look at the provincial or federal governments, they would literally give a lot to be in that type of fiscal position. Same with some larger cities. They would love to be in those types of fiscal position. Uh, the tax pipe. One thing that really catches your eye when you look at our, our tax situation is, uh, well, a couple of things. One, we're the second highest tax municipality in Alberta. Not sustainable, right? Cannot be done. So our position right now, with council's direction, is to toe the line. So in other words, I wouldn't expect it to go down too much, but I would expect everybody else to catch up to us. So it's really about looking at what we have and doing better and more with what we have. So that's a fairly simple, simple statement, and I'll get to how we're going to do that in a little bit. The other piece of the tax pie you see is that nine of our ten largest employers don't pay us tax. So, good and a bad thing, right? So people don't pay us tax because they're tax exempt, i.e. they're uh, seniors' residences, provincial governments, uh, university college pay a reduced amount of tax only on some things that they have. So that's a double-edged sword. Huge chunks of property that don't pay tax, so aren't contributing in that fashion. If those were factories or if those were commercial or retail outlets, they would pay us cash. So we would get more money from that. So if you're in downtown Calgary, wherever, all those businesses are paying. The Melcor Center downtown, when Alberta Health came in and took that over, basically they don't have to pay us tax anymore. So you can see that there's some major hits that take place there. The flip side of that is that those are good, steady jobs. So when the oil patch goes into a, a downturn like it is now, um, all those companies, all those things are, are hitting that. If you watch the Calgary budget, they're really dealing with that, that drop. We don't get that. These are good, sustainable jobs. They don't kind of fluctuate up and down too much. So the good news is those people come, they stay, they're professional, and they buy houses, so they pay us property tax. So our property tax to uh, commercial tax is, is off, and that's one of the major reasons why it's off. So when you look at that pie, you can look at it two ways. You can look at, okay, well, there's the pie. How are we going to get more of it? 
right? I come from a family of seven, I have six sisters. So when there was a pie on the table, if you wanted a bigger piece, you fought for it, right? When I was younger, I lost all the time. When I was older, well, clearly I won. Um, <laughs> there's a second way of looking at that pie, is we need a bigger pie. So economic development, that's what we need. We need more businesses growing, so the existing businesses that are here now, we need them to grow and expand and be prosperous, and we need to attract others. We need to work to our strengths. So I was, I was talking to media earlier saying that uh, you know, we don't want to be Silicon Valley of the North, right? We're, we're, we don't want Amazon to, to arrive here. We're not, we don't have delusions of grandeur. But what are our strengths? We absolutely, we have a great college and university that are pumping out people in that tech sector. So absolutely, we need Tech Connect and some of those other things that we have. We need them to, to work together for startups, et cetera. We need that. And that's a great and important part of it. Major strength for us, agriculture. We're good at it. We have a, a very entrenched uh, irrigation system. That may seem really simplistic, but if anyone's ever tried to get an environmental project these days, like irrigation or diverting something or creating uh, reservoirs, virtually impossible to do. We have all of that, which means people can grow things. Plant protein is the number one food piece that's moving forward. Number one across the world. People want plant-based protein. Peas, right? You're going to see lentils. You're going to see a lot more of that. Cavendish, major expansion. We have the research, Agricultural Research Center. We have the university and college that can do applied research. So you have all these pieces of the puzzle. So that's really, you know, there, there's a huge area for us to work together on because we need to grow that pie. So if we're gonna hold tight here, the more people that industries that come and pay us tax here, the more people they hire, pay us tax over here, which means we can share amongst everybody for what we have. So that's the key, that's the whole thing, grow the pie. Not tax the pie more, grow it more. Uh, and then we need to look forward. One thing we seem to do a little bit, at least internally at the city, is we like to look backwards a little bit. We like to talk about all the problems and challenges we've had in the past. They've all happened, we've all had those in our lives, right? I'm sure everybody could tell me a story or two. What's gonna happen in the future? When we look forward, what do we look like? Where are we going? Where are we steering the ship? So that, that's a huge thing I see is that need to look forward at progress. Stop talking about what we didn't get or what the problem was five years ago. Let's talk about moving forward. Learn from the lessons of the past, don't repeat them. Okay, so budget and taxes. So mandated to hold the line. Uh, but the mandate to hold the line came with some very interesting quid pro quos, if you will. Uh, one was to maintain service levels. Number two was to absorb growth. So the city's growing. When you add more houses, you add more parks, you add more streets, et cetera, those things cost money. So, but we were told, absorb that. And then bring forward any new initiative. So, again, I'll point to Councillor Kaufman because he's my obvious victim and right in front of me. Uh, Council was very surprised that we brought forth 90 some new initiatives. Well, people had ideas, right? Very few of them actually made it onto the table. A lot of them got deferred. Some are going to be looked at now, and some were just flat out defeated. But that was the end. So when you can't go forward and you can't show growth and you can't, you have to maintain service levels, the only out was new initiatives. Now, I can say that before I got there, I think you were on track to get about 130 of them. So we did get rid of some, but unfortunately, that's the, the way it worked. There was also a... a 
I have to change, choose my words carefully here. There was also a disconnect. I was going to say a major disconnect, but there was a disconnect. So there was a misunderstanding of what zero meant, what hold the line meant. So there was already 1.7% tax increase that was committed. So when you build things like the ATB Center, when you build things like the, um, the new center in the Japanese gardens, you have to staff those things, right? So we had already, through previous decisions, basically, for lack of a better term, put a 1.7% tax increase there. So there was already that. So here we've been told, hold the line, 0% increase, when there was already a 1.7% increase. Okay? Uh, the inclusion of initiatives. So again, the way that administration took that was, great, all the things I used to put in base budget, now I'm just gonna throw in an initiative. Whereas council was thinking, no, 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 we're gonna get just a few little things to look at, and those things that are being looked at, you've looked at other ways to do service, so you probably find, figure out a way to pay for those. Major disconnect, because that didn't happen. Uh, and then just that, that whole clarity of message. So what it was we were trying to say, what did we mean by hold the line? What did we mean by zero increase? What, what did all new initiatives, what did all those things mean? So that was kind of my first thing. So for those who don't know, I was kind of throwing in right in the middle. We do a four-year budgeting process. And when I showed up, we were about 80, 85% baked. So imagine taking all, since I'm using a pie analogy, I'll use that one, taking out 85% and putting in a new chef. That doesn't work very well, right? So what we had to do is a little bit reverse engineer what that process would look like so that we didn't commit to too much moving forward because you don't want to lock yourself in at four years. You don't want to do that. There's not a lot of movement after the fact. So what we tried to do is find the flex points within there to say, this is what we're committing to now, but let's have a really good hard look at things to make sure we're moving forward in the right direction. So, uh, dollars and cents. So, again, this is some of the things I've already talked about. Second highest tax in the province, rally. Cannot continue, period. I'll be very, very frank on that. That cannot continue. Uh, the only one that's higher than us is Grand Prairie, and they have a very different reason for that. So, again, if you take them out of the equation as an anomaly, we're number one in a place we don't necessarily want to be number one in. Uh, build right or build for the future. So, this is, this is interesting. Um, when you build a city, right, like let's face it, we were growing at about 2% a year-ish, give or take, so you add that up over a course of time, we're, we're gonna be a much bigger city than we are now. Take for instance, I said 20 years ago when I left here, we were 60,000, now we're 100,000. That's a big difference in, in population. So what we've done really well is plan for that. So we have, and of course someone will always point out you know, that, that I'm wrong, they always do that, uh, but one thing you may point out, I'm going to say that most of our major arteries are built for the traffic. So when we built the bridge on, uh, over Whoop Up Drive, although if anyone came, was coming into downtown today, terrible three accidents, three different places, very strange. I hope that's an anomaly. But it created a traffic jam, which made me three minutes late for work. So let's be realistic. Three-minute traffic jam is not that bad. That said, we built that at six lanes. A lot of other jurisdictions would have built that at two lanes per side. So you can imagine what the traffic flow would be like now with the, the massive increase in population on the west side. So we, we've done well that way. That said, you can move too far that way. You can be too good at building things, right? You can put in too many restrictions, too many costs, too many things. So there's, there's kind of finding that balance of, of building it right and good for now versus looking forward to the, to the future. Third bridge is a great question mark. I'm sure nobody here would be opposed to a third bridge if it was free, except for this lady. Do you wait until I said the free part? Would you still be opposed to free? Still opposed to free, okay, that's fair. 
Uh, but if I said that was going to cost $200 million and increase all your house taxes by $15 a month, probably that changes the equation, right? And then if I said I'm going to put it in the south end, people from the north end may say I'm in the wrong direction, et cetera. So anyway, another question. Need, right? Do you need it? There's want, there's need. Uh, innovation, like I said, there's lots of opportunities there. Uh, priority settings. Um, the Premier of Manitoba once told me, he said, a man who has 50 priorities has none. And then he'd give me something else to do. So it was, he was an interesting guy. He was a bit of a conundrum. So we need to set those priorities. We need to focus on what's important to us. We can't have those 50 things. What are the 10 things or the five things, whatever they are, what are those things that are the most important to us? And we have to be careful that we don't make another classic mistake, which is to make that priority so broad that we can fit in 50 priorities within the one priority, okay? But we need to talk. We need to talk as a community what's important to us, okay? What are those priorities? Uh, Information-based decision-making and metrics. So a lot of the stuff that we brought forward from initiatives this time didn't have a lot of those metrics behind it. So counselors, nine different counselors, Remember, and that's the, the best thing about uh, city government is literally it's democracy at its grassroots. Nine people with no loyalty to each other. So they can go any way they want. And we saw that during budget. Five, four votes, three, six, six, three, seven, two, eight, one. Uh, even saw some zero nines, you know, all over the map, which is great. That's democracy. That's nine people representing the people they represent with the ideas they have to come forward. Problem is we didn't give them a lot of, or enough, I shouldn't say a lot, we didn't give them enough fact base. We didn't give them enough facts to make decisions, good, solid business decisions. So we need to do better at that, period. Uh, and then outcome-based programming. What do we expect for our money? What is the outcome? What are we aiming towards? So if I use the parks uh, idea, we have a tremendous park system. What's the outcome of that? A more active community? A more beautiful community? What's, what's the point of, of, of these things? So there's various ones I could use there, but what is the outcome and how are we driving to that outcome? Yesterday I got into a discussion, Mayor has a breakfast once a month uh, with business leaders and, and someone brought up the fact that uh, we intend to lose money on the ATB Centre for the first two years. So that, that's fact. As the ATB Centre gets up and running and the Y takes over and we get more membership, we get more people using it, more user fees, there's probably gonna be a little bit of a loss. That's never been hidden. That's been discussion from day one that that's where we are. So this person who was not in a uh, for-profit based environment was, was, I'm trying to think of the right words, was vehemently opposed to that. So then I looked over at the business people and I said, wait a minute, I'm, I'm sure some of you are business people in the room. I said, have you ever started part of your business and made profit immediately? No. Or sometimes these things take a little bit of time. So. Again, outcome-based programming. There is a plan for that to make money, to become cost-neutral and actually a revenue generator for us over a course of time. But sometimes these things take a little bit of time to grow. Uh, so the next, citizen expectations and service levels. So again, these are the questions we need to discuss as a community. Not isolated at City Hall, right? Not just council, not just industry. Everybody needs to talk about these things. What do we want? What can we afford? Because I'll tell you right now, we cannot afford everything we want. We can't. What can we live with? Big difference. What do you want? What can you live with? Uh, NIMBYism. This is a huge issue for us. Everybody know what that means? 
not in my backyard. Then if you add the ism to it, it means people have that theory. Everyone knows we need, for instance, uh, supportive housing for some folks who are affected by the substance abuse issue. Everybody knows that. There are people with cognitive disabilities that cannot make the proper decisions for themselves, so they need help. They need a supportive place to live. Almost everybody understands and agrees with that. One thing we don't understand and we can't seem to come to agreement on is where that should be, right? That's great, we all need it, but put it over there. As soon as I go over there, someone says, no, put it over there. So, and a lot of people will say, put it in your operations yard or put it right beside City Hall. Maybe, maybe that's the answer, right? I think they do that tongue in cheek, but we'll see. So NIMBYism is a little bit of a problem for us. Uh, private sector or public? We currently do almost everything in-house. We, we do contract out a lot of things, right? Certain road building and, and some smaller things, but we do a lot of stuff in-house. Are we the best people to do that? There's actual areas I've found where we are in direct competition with private sector. That, that's free enterprise, uh, we should not be there. Okay, so I'm, I've been very obvious on that. Even if there's a strong business case why we should be there, let's have a good strong look at if we should still be there. So some people will say, well, we're in certain businesses because we make money at it. Well, if we're making money at it, that means private sector could make money at that. That means less employees, that means less pensions to pay, less insurance, less, 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 right? And currently we're taking away business opportunities potentially for some people. So that's really an area we need to look at. On the other hand, that same group of people I was talking about at the mayor's breakfast stood forward and I said, so everybody wants to prune my trees in the, in the park. Y'all want to cut the grass in the park. Anybody want to own the park? Nobody wants to own the park, right? So again, there's that kind of, what, what is the relationship we need to have? Um, and then what's the, the big transition for us is that 100,000 people. So chances are we are, are, are actually at 100,000 people already. We just don't know it, right? Um, people come, people go, babies get born, et cetera. Uh, so we're probably already, I'm at five minutes already? Oh, well, okay. Um, so we're there already. But when you get to be a bigger city, you get to have big city problems, right? So you, you can, the good news is you can manage them and start to direct them moving forward, but you're going to get big city problems. So you're gonna get some homelessness issues, you're gonna get some social issues, right? You're gonna get expansion issues, you're gonna get where to put things. It used to be simple, right? Uh, put the hospital downtown or in the central area, easy. What if we were to get a new hospital, where would we put it? North, south? What if I wanted to build a new bridge? Where would I put it? Uh, so open, transparent government, more information more often. I believe everything should be available to everyone. If you wanna know how we spend every penny, I should tell you exactly how we spend paying. Matter of fact, it should be on a website so you can just go get it or you can walk up to that front counter in City Hall and say, I wanna know what you guys did on X last year. Should be there. There's no, there's no hiding it. Through freedom of information, you can get it anyway. Why am I not proactively giving it to you? Why not? Well, thank you, okay. Um, explanation, so there's the, the build study. If anyone, the, the Builders Association, the Home Builders, um, they came forward with this study that said we have 1,800 employees, and then they compared us to a whole bunch of other places. And it's not, it's not untrue, but they compared us to places like Red Deer. One thing I've learned real quick, we want to be like Red Deer, but better than Medicine Hat. <laughs> All right? This is kind of where we're at. I don't know. I went to Red Deer for, uh, for a meeting. I don't think we want to be like Red Deer. I think Red Deer wants to be like us, to be quite honest with you. Um, that said, 
a lot of those places, when you look at city employees in Calgary or Edmonton or some of these other places, if they don't have the, if they've privatized their utilities, they don't have that. Uh, Red Deer has RCMP. So they pay a large sum of money to the RCMP to provide policing services. So they don't have 200 employees at the police service. So you got to make sure you're comparing apples to apples. But again, explain it, not be defensive about it, but explain what are those differences and what does it mean if we privatize something? What if what would it mean? I, we're never going probably back to the RCMP. Not my decision per se, but I, you know, you can see that would be very hard to go back on. Um, accountability. We should be able to answer every question. We have to, to explain why we made those decisions. Again, you don't always have to agree with them, but you have the right to understand why we made them, and we have to be accountable. So there's none of this, right? There's no walking into City Hall and saying, not my department, not my problem, right? Accountability and leadership. Uh, that a great example is in the substance abuse crisis, so many of those things were not in our jurisdiction, right? So many of those things are in provincial and health, et cetera, that it was like trying to change a tire with a hammer. And then I said to council, uh, I can't change the tire, I only have a hammer. And they said, no problem. Not that they did this, but it's like they did this. They said, great, we'll give you a thousand more hammers. <laughs> I, I still can't do it, right? I can't open a detox, an intox, supportive housing. Those are all provincial areas of responsibility. But we can provide community leadership to get the province to be accountable. So that's where we play. So it's understanding where you play in that continuum, which having worked at two other levels of government kind of gives me some of that context, but it's about how we drive that forward as a community, not as government solely, but as a community. Uh, public reporting, including the positive. We focus on negative. Our society has become so negative, it's so disappointing. You know, There was a point in time where to run as a politician was seen as a good thing. Right? Jeff, you probably can't even fathom this anymore, but it used to be a good thing, right? We revered the mayor. We're on Mayor McGrath Avenue. Do you think there's ever going to be a Mayor Spearman Avenue? And I'm not saying that because of performance. I'm saying that because people do not respect public service like they used to, right? We focus so much on the negative, we don't tell good stories. Story came across my desk today of a gentleman in, the, uh, in recycling and garbage waste who got basically a request from a high school of a special needs student who loves garbage trucks. So they went above and beyond. They did all sorts of research to make sure on the, the legal part we were okay, et cetera, et cetera, and they gave this gentleman the thrill of a lifetime to be a garbage man for a day. You think you're ever gonna hear that in the paper? But if there was a pothole in front of this building, you'd hear all about it. If we found a needle in the parking lot, you'd hear about it 50 times, right? We don't accentuate the positive. And I'm, I'm giving you one small example. There's tons of them, right? Our actual client satisfaction uh, survey that we did a little while longer is so good, it's almost unbelievably good. We have 98% client satisfaction in our park system. But I guarantee you, if I brought 100 people in the room and 98 said yay, the two that said boo will get the most airtime. So what happens next? People don't want to run. People don't want to participate in that system. They don't want to be there. So anyway, that's more of a societal issue, and I got a little bit of a soapbox there, but since I'm up here, I'm going to take it. So we need to talk about it in public reporting again. Good, bad, indifferent. When we go over budget, we tell you why. When we go under budget, we tell you that too. So we do both of those things. We need to be consistent in that. 
Uh, mandate moving forward, super quick, innovation. We need to do things different. The reviews that came out of the budget system, we need to look at absolutely everything we do. Had I been here six to 12 months sooner, that would have been part of that budget process, um, but it wasn't. So we're, that's kind of that, some of that reverse engineering I talked about. We need to do those reviews. Public will be involved in that, uh, as will staff, unions, uh, private sector, et cetera. Uh, the growth and transition I talked about, cost containment, not increasing taxes, right? So how do we contain the cost that we have? Uh, we need to be progressive and aggressive at the same time. We will fail. Hear me clearly. Innovation means failure. But we want to fail cheap and we want to fail quick. Right? Whatever it is we do, if it's a mistake, we want to back up, admit it was a mistake, and move on to something else. That means failure. Public service doesn't have a lot of tolerance for failure. Right? U.S. taxpayers have very little patience for failure. I can tell you that but we are gonna fail every now and then. But you're gonna see massive advancements, so hopefully you don't notice the 2% of the failure part. You'll, you'll focus on the 98%. Uh, and we need to be good neighbors. So with the county, uh, with our First Nations neighbors, we need to be good neighbors. This isn't all about us, um, it's about all of the greater us, so we need to be good neighbors. I think I'm a little over, but that's that. Mm -hmm.